This is Gary from the Church Vitality Network, and you're listening to Vitalnomics, a podcast for leaders in church revitalization and renewal. On this show, I will sit down with today's leaders to discuss the ideas, opportunities, and strategies they're making to bring clarity to vitality and see life again in their local community. This is a place to find encouragement, resources, and connections. Welcome back to another episode of Vitalnomics, where we bring clarity to vitality, and we are in another episode to help your church grow towards health. And today in the studio, once again, we have Jim Randall from Exano, and I hope that you've enjoyed these past podcasts that we've been doing to help your church to move towards vitality. Jim, welcome to the show. Uh, Gary, uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me again. I uh, have been so uh, so appreciative, and it's really cool to run into some people around the country that uh, listen to the podcast and uh, connect uh, both the relationship, but also the uh, the importance of, just like you said, brings clarity to vitality. So thanks for uh, letting me be a part. Yeah, I'm so glad you're a part. You know, when we started this relationship, it's it's just been growing and growing, and it's just really, really exciting to see churches thrive and download the resources and just not feel alone. And I think that's just one of the momentums of this whole podcast is just to help churches. And so just thank you so much for your partnership. Oh, yeah. Same. Uh, works both ways, Gary. Works both ways. So we're going to continue our conversation around the five irreducible questions of leadership. Jim, you've kind of been talking us through part two of the fifth irreducible question of leadership for pastors and ministry leaders who are pursuing vitality revitalization. So where where is God taking us up to this point? Yeah. So, so Gary, uh, that fifth question of leadership is is a question of direction for churches, right? Yeah. And and when it comes to revitalization, the number one question that that pastors struggle with and deal with is okay. We certainly know the the course that has uh, the path that we've been on to get us to this point, and and there's realities, and and oftentimes we. We know that a part of revitalization is waking up to the fact that your church needs that revitalization. Uh, so that's one thing, and that's great, right? But the question is that we're answering here is how does that church discover a path, create a path, map a course toward revitalization for the future? So the fifth question of leadership is where is God taking us? Yeah. If we if we know we're a stuck church, if we know we're, we are uh, plateaued in decline, if we know that we're struggling at this point, um, where is it that God wants us to be three years from now? Where does he want us to be five years from now? Now, you and I both know, Gary, that's a place of vitality, right? That's a place of church health, of growth, uh, of, of community and city impact. I mean, and, and I believe that that pastor and that leader aspires to that. Mm. This fifth question really kind of doubles down on uh, every leader developing that path with their team. And so in our last session, Part one, we addressed where's God taking us for the long range side of that. So like the furthest point out. Right. Um, and and so the framework that we use at Exano is is this is the framework of a one four one four. And it's literally the number one. We use a colon four slash one colon four, one four one four. Yeah. And we talk in terms of the top one four, and then we talk in terms of the bottom one four. And I believe this, and Gary, I've seen it evidence in your your ministry. I've seen it evidences evidence in uh, tons of churches that we have been privileged 
to, to, to bring to a point of revitalization of health and growth. Uh, we believe that Exonos 1414 is a vision planning framework for revitalization. Yeah. Uh, you might even say towards revitalization, sure. right? Because yep. yep. it's a course you're going to go on. But that is a framework towards revitalization. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, so this whole last session and this session has been about thinking through that long range part. And today we're going to start talking about the bottom one. for. Yeah, it's really good. So what's the difference, would you say, between the top one for and the bottom one for as we kind of dive into the framework? Yeah, yeah, good, good question. Uh, the most simplest difference is the top one four is long range planning for your church and the bottom one four is short range planning. Gotcha. So in the most simplest terms, that's the difference in a top one four is long range. Bottom one four is uh, is short range. Uh, that long run four that we talked about in our last session is very much God making it clear to you in your ministry that you want to set uh, you want to set a vision or let's just put a let's just put a target of say seven years out. That mm -hmm. seven years from now, you want to be at a different place. You know your leadership, and as you steward that leadership with the bride of Christ, you want to guide that church to a different place seven years from now. That's long range, and everything that you're doing in the next say three to seven years is in that long range category. Today we're talking about that bottom one four, which is considered short range. So, what would you say is the purpose of the bottom one four again? Yeah, uh, yeah. Great, great question. And once again, more a very fast, simple answer to that is that it gives the church both something to rally around right. and to have unity around for the next one year. And then it gives it gives the the, the church and the leadership team uh, very clear initiatives and actions to achieve that whatever that one year focus is going to be. And so I, I would say when we come back and say, what's the purpose of the bottom, bottom one for is it is a catalytic rallying. Um, I mean, we're, 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 we're kicking into a vision and this for the next year, we're going to rally our entire congregation around this bottom one four uh, mm -hmm. in order for us to make huge progress. Yeah, I, I I'm not a mountain hiker. Are you Gary, you do you hike up in the mountains? No, I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it, it's it's very appealing to me, but I live in Florida, <laughs> and um, the you know I do get to travel, but not a whole lot in into places where there's mountains for hiking and stuff. But that bottom one four really is the, you know use staying with the 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 metaphor of going on a hike and to and to climb a mountain uh that top one four is wherever you're trying to get at the top of the mountain right yes. the bottom one four is what is what needs our energy and our focus at the beginning of our journey when we're when we're climbing that mountain let's say the let's just use an example the first quarter of that journey what do we have to accomplish in the first quarter of the journey most people who never make it to the mountain never make it to the mountain because they never start the hike they never start the the, the journey in the first place right and so this bottom one four is super important because it it creates that that excitement that synergy around um the, for the congregation 
to start to pursue that seven-year vision if it's a seven-year vision. Yeah, would you say it, it creates alignment? So when when re, when people are trying to revitalize, everybody has different ideas about how things should be. And I yeah. view this as like, this is our, our game map. This is what we're doing. And so if an idea or something comes in that's going to distract us from that, we have to kind of put that idea aside until that one thing's accomplished. Absolutely great. That's a that's a great illustration of, of the importance or uh, a great reason for the importance of that bottom one four and that it does bring alignment to us. It gets everybody on the same page. Yeah, it's really good. I, I love working with this with other churches because everybody has an idea. This this deacon or that leader in a meeting has an idea. Yeah. Once you agree on it, it stays there and you don't right. you don't swerve. And right. I that's mean, right. Just, it's it's got to be there, right? Because yeah, absolutely nothing done. So yeah. So all right. So how do we build out the bottom one four? If you were gonna coach a church, yeah. how do you how do you do this? Well, you know what? Sometimes things that feel like they're the hardest can be the simplest things, right? And and really, Gary, it, there's really two, um, uh, you know, just two to three things that will help a pastor ministry leader think through the bottom one four. So I'm just going to give you just a, uh, just a series of really quite frankly, yeah. um, two questions, right? So once the team has, once a team has decided what their long range plan is, you know, what's their say seven year vision is uh, the first question they need to answer, answer, ask is this in light of our seven year vision, what should our one year focus be? Mm. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes some things aren't rocket science. It's right. just it's just asking the questions and having the discipline discipline to prove it. So it is literally saying, in light of our seven year vision, what should our one year focus be in the form of both an emphasis and a goal? Right. Yeah. And so at that moment, you're saying something like this. I believe our one year focus. We've got a seven-year vision to change the spiritual landscape of our city. Well, I think our one-year focus should be to um, engage our community with gospel conversations. Mm. So if we don't, if we like, we're not going to win our city in seven years. We're not going to begin. We're not going to begin to become a difference maker in our seven our city in seven years if we don't fundamentally figure out and be equipped and trained and start having gospel conversations with people that we, where we work, eat, play, um, and even live. And so a one-year focus might be something like we are going to be both equipping and equipping people who are part of our church with a tool for gospel conversations, and at the same time, uh, challenging them to engage the community. And so it's kind of like that's going to be our focus is these is this gospel conversations. And we come back and say, okay, what's our goal with that, right? What's our what's our one year focus that goes with our one that what's the goal that goes with that focus? And we might say something like, well, you know what, we got we've got 75 people in our church. If if 75 people in our church will commit to 10 gospel conversations within the community with people who are far from God next year, in this next year, you know, my my math says that that, that 75 then turns into what? 750. Right. And those 750 are, that's probably 749 more gospel conversations than, than that church has possibly had in the last five years. That's right. Yeah. And so you start to activate toward that and you got a goal and you have people, you know, turn it in, respond, whatever. 
And so that, that top, that, that, that one of the bottom one, four is about what is it that we're going to rally our entire church around? So that's the mid-ground focus. Then there's four initiatives that are under it. And, and once again, couldn't be the more simple question. I think sometimes people look at me like I'm a one-eyed monster whenever I tell them and they say, how do we, how do we determine where our foreground initiatives are? In light of your one-year focus, what's important now? Right. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, what's important now? Okay. What do we got to do? Well, we got to, we got to develop, you know, we got to, we've got to, we've got to uh, equip our people with a tool for gospel conversations. Mm -hmm. That's important now. Right. I mean, we're not going to ever have 750 conversations. We're not going to have, no person's going to have 10 if they've not been equipped on a gospel conversation. So one of those initiatives might be equipping for gospel conversations. Another, you might have a, you might have an initiative where you call the church to prayer. You might say, listen, we want to pray about God giving us confidence. Um, I don't know about you. Confidence isn't my weakness. It is, it is, um, it's taking the blinders off, right? It's being, it's being aware of the God moments, you know, praying for God moments for people to have in order to have the gospel conversations. Uh, so a prayer could be an initiative and, you know, it could be as fundamental as, you know what, we don't really even have a church database that keeps up with the number of people in our church. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so one of the initiatives may be, we got to get a church database together in order to, you know, maybe have, you know, maybe have a better quantitative tracking on the number of people in our church and people who are coming as guests to our church yeah that as they have those gospel conversations so next thing you know gary this bottom four is made up of a of a of a of multiple things that create get put into into the decision becomes okay what are the four most important ones for this next quarter and i get often all the time asked all the time and gary i think we i think we alluded to it on the first part of this i'm not sure if we did but i guess i get asked all the time why one four one four why not a one six one six why not a one five one five why not right, right. i literally literally had this question last week are we limited to four can we only have four mm. can we have five six or seven you know what my response my first response is which you know we've gotten to know each other can be a little snarky <laughs> I, I, I always look at myself, oh, you can have more than four, but you're not going to accomplish any of them if you do. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this 20 years. Yeah, right. The second you say you can handle five, three of them never even launch because yeah. you you start, right? And yes, is there exceptions? Absolutely. There's always exceptions. Is those exception, Do those exceptions represent the norm? No. Churches can't have it's, – it's incredibly difficult for pastors, leaders, and churches to be focused on more than accomplishing five initiatives – four initiatives at a time. And uh, and one of the churches that I serve right there in, in Boston is a church that established a 1313. Why did they do that? Because even their ban- – they recognize their bandwidth isn't strong enough to even accomplish four. And right. they would rather have three wins, right, right. than two wins, two ties, or two wins, a tie, and a loss. Right. They'd rather have three three wins, and I I I uh, affirm their you know their 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 thought their thinking process their thought process in that. Right. So it's simple. It's simple. I know I've kind of talked a little bit here, but how do you build out? You ask two questions for that mid ground focus. That one, by the way, the template's in the uh, uh, attached right, and so they can take a look at that template and see the one four one four for that mid ground focus. It's simply in light of our seven year vision. 
what should our one-year emphasis and goal be? Second question is for those bottom four is in light of that new mid-ground focus, what's important now? What are the strategic moves we need to make uh, to get there? Right. So I'm going to throw a curveball question. Um, okay, please do it. I have two more, two more, or, yeah, two more questions, including this one. Yep. Um, all right. So you work. So say the pastor, the pastor's listening right now, and he's thinking to himself, "Man, I'm not even going to be here for the next year or the next three years. Why should I do this? Like, why should I carry this out if I'm not going to be here? Because he maybe feels ownership of the vision. So, so how could he? continue to do this, even though he knows he's going to transition? It's a phenomenal, it's a phenomenal question. Um, I think it's one that we could do an entire podcast on just that one question. Yeah. Um, um, a, a couple of things that I would immediately say, say to the, to the pastor is that, um, you know, the, the last thing that a pastor wants to do is be the one that the church died on or immediately after their watch. Right. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, who, who wants to be the one that, that is the one that the, the ship sank with them or they, it, the, you know, the ship sank the right. second they walked off of it. Right. And so I would say that there is a responsibility toward the vitality of the church that that pastor carries, whether the pastor is going to be there six months or whether the pastor is going to be six years or whether the pastor is going to be there for 60 years. Right. That 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 is a part of God's divine calling on that pastor, regardless of how long they're there. Right. So that's right. number one. Uh, number two, I would say that that pastor has an, another responsibility of casting vision as they shepherd that flock of mm -hmm. casting vision and creating unity around that vision. And so if that pastor is sees themselves in transition, either through retirement or they see themselves maybe even getting a new assignment. We work with a lot of churches that the pastor gets a new assignment within a certain window that there is a uh, there is a responsibility to cast vision in such a way that brings unity that is compelling and catalytic for people within their church. And so that's a second reason I would say that pastor. Here's the here's the third reason I would say the pastor why it's important for them uh, to I'm gonna use the phrase continue on. The the a vision plan to vitality can live beyond that pastor's tenure at that church yes and i would make this case that there is probably no better person to help transition that church through change yes today yep. than the current pastor than putting that weight on a new pastor coming in yep. that's and right and then just what what's the phrase uh we're just kicking the uh what are they what's that phrase gary it feels like it's a it's a, a boston phrase Yes, thank you. Instead of kicking the can down the road, which I think is almost a dereliction of duty right. as it relates for a pastor, instead of kicking the can down the road, having, you know, taking, stepping into their calling and their leadership and making some of the change, teeing up that next pastor for a win. Yeah. And once again, understanding that a plan for moving forward, the vision, plan to moving the vision forward has a shelf life that far exceeds the, the pasture. I will make this one comment. If I did know that I that that something was transitioning in my future as I began this, yep. I might not I might not develop a seven year plan. I might develop a three year plan, knowing that maybe I'm leaving in a year or a year and a half or something. Yep. Uh, 
in order for that plan to be renewed right with a new with a new pastor coming in and or maybe enhanced with yeah. a new pastor coming in uh but those are the reasons that's what i would say to that pastor and yeah. i push on that because i, I do think you know that there's some pastors they're going to check out they're going to check out. You can't do that. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, that church isn't going to move to revitalization if that pastor checks out. So that's so good. It reminds me of the, the theologian fighter man that said with great power also comes great responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. That is exactly right. Yeah. So that, that's huge. So thanks for answering that. Cause I think yeah. it's going to help a lot of pastors to say, okay, this is why you need to do yeah. it. Not just put your hand yeah. and say, uh, I'm good. Yeah. So yeah. here's my last question. So, okay. Give us an example from top to bottom on four. Okay. Uh, it's okay. kind of a bow around this whole talk from the sure. Sure. podcast of this one. Yeah, super, super good timing for this, uh, for us to talk about this, because uh, a couple of things happened. Um, I, I grabbed one. We've got several, several, several. I've got hundreds, actually, uh, and maybe even thousands of churches that we've walked through uh, this 1414 and develop, help develop them, develop it with them. And um um, so one came to my mind this morning as as kind of knew where might be heading with this with this podcast today um, is the Arbor Church and the Arbor Church is in uh, Spring Arbor, Michigan. Right. Um, so um, it is a uh, actually used to be called Spring Arbor Free Methodist Church. So S A F M C were the initials of this church. Uh, it is a, a beautiful uh, church that that God has an amazing story around Spring Arbor University wow. is, is in Spring Arbor, Michigan, and Spring Arbor Free Methodist Church is adjacent to the university. Mm. And so there is a there is a legacy. There is a, a strong value of institution. Uh, it is a strong denominational church. Many of the denominational leaders have both come from the university and this church uh, through the decades. Um, and so when their new pastor came uh, to the uh, to the church, uh, their pastor said, you know what, we really uh, the church had been it was in plateau. They'd even been experiencing decline. Um, I mean, they were a church in need of vitalization, revitalization before COVID hit and then COVID hit which is like a one-two punch if they're boxing, right? Yep. We've already taken, you know, and and so God bless their, their, the vision of this pastor who said, we're going to step into this and we're going to do this heavy work even while the midst of the COVID's come. The pastor had been called there less than eight months prior to COVID hitting. Wow. And said, you know what? We're going to forge forward. No better time than right now. We got to rethink who we are as a church and where we're headed if we're going to experience revitalization. Yeah. And so that's the quick backstory, right? And um, so 3D Vision of Hope for Hope became their top one. They're beyond the horizon vision in the 1414. It's their long range vision. It was a seven year vision. This was in 2020, right? By 2027, we see our church becoming known for powerful outward reach bringing the hope of Christ in our region and beyond through developing obedient disciples, deploying the body for ministry in every sector of society and devoting resources to holistically support children in our community. Now, the, 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 the title of their vision is 3D Vision for Hope. 
the three D's. And by the way, Gary, I've, I've linked this um, for everybody to be able to have a, a, an, an, an example of this to be able to look at it, right? But the three D comes from the D's in their in their vision of developing disciples, deploying the body, and devoting resources. They said, listen, that we have a 3D vision, and I love this, for hope. What's the hope? The hope is becoming known for a powerful outreach right. in their community. I love that. Yeah. And if you're going to be revitalization, you got to turn those eyes outward, right? Yeah. You can't be sitting inward. And they came through. You'll see in the handout, if you're following along, please make sure you open it up. You'll be able to see it. They said they want to they want to multiply. They want to have a spirit of multiplication with a very specific target toward Gen Z. I mean, that's a very specific target. Yeah. By the way, that freaks out churches whenever you whenever they name a target, right? That scares them because the first thing they think is we're going to leave out everybody. No, you're going to rally everybody around reaching that generation. Yeah. Right. Uh, they talk about developing a ministry resonance. We got to raise up people to help us. They talk about expanding their digital engagement. They knew there was no way they were going to be able to reach and support children without changing how they digitally engage with people. Mm-hmm. And then they knew that, that if they didn't have evidence of people growing in their spiritual formation and becoming sanctified, that, that this would be almost all for naught. And so they said one of their background strategies is advanced growth pathway. So that's their top one for three vision for hope, multiply, develop, expand, advance. Bottom one four. I love the way they did this. The bottom one four, the first year. So this is the first year, right? Envision 3D hope. What did they come back and say? They come back and said, as a church, we've got to, we've got to vision this reality. I mean, how many, how many professional athletes when when they uh when they talk about the the mental part of a game will tell you they have to they have to visualize. A uh, being effective and being successful. They have to visualize the catch. They have to visualize the win. And if you don't visualize it, if you're visualizing yourself losing, what are you probably going to do? You're probably going to lose. Right. Exactly. And, and whereas if you visualize yourself catching the, 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 the ball on the final play of the game with, time, with cl- the clock running out and you drag your feet inside the end zone for the touchdown with two seconds left in the game, if you envision that, and if you practice that, then then it's more likely to become a reality. And so they came back and said, over the next nine months, uh, the church will uh, will be teaching the new language of their identity. By the way, that's mission, value, strategy, and, and outcomes, right? The new language with stories and casting vision with direction. So they just like, hey, we got to cast that vision. So envision 3D for hope. And then look at their bottom foreground initiatives, which was for their first quarter. They need to rebrand as a church. They need to improve their online experience. They need to align staff and leaders around vision, and they need to create the vision teaching plan for that nine months. Very practical, very tactical. Yeah. And and so when you look at this handout, you see a church going from Spring Arbor Free Methodist Church to the Arbor Church. Yes. A place a place where you can experience more life. Yeah. Dude. If that plan won't bring you energy, if that won't point you to revitalization, you work this plan. And I can, I, yeah, Gary, you've been doing this long enough. Yeah. You have a pastor sit down with you, uh, talking revitalization, and that pastor puts a plan like this in front of you and says, Me and my team have been working on this for the last three to four months. And you know good and well they're either stuck or in decline. 
What are you going to say to that pastor based upon the efforts they've done when they put this paper in front of you and say, hey, here's our here's our plan. Here's our one four one four for moving forward. Are you are you betting on that pastor? Or are you betting against that pastor? Oh, for him, it's great work that he's put he's put in. It's like, let's go. How, how can I help you excel? <laughs> David, I'm all like, I will go all in for that pastor who That's has a plan for revitalization like this church has as a plan for revitalization, and they're seeing it happen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy awesome to see what's coming out of this church as they and and you know what you know you asked me that question about the pastor in succession i mean that was leaving yeah guess what happened about two years after this seven-year plan started pastor was called to become the bishop of the denomination okay so he was okay yeah but the but the plan for revitalization is still there and still moving forward wow that's good that's isn't good. that cool it's very good all right you can see i get excited about this stuff gary yeah so Absolutely. I'll, I'll take this plan when a pastor slips this and says, hey, take a look at this over shrugging their shoulders going, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, we said this in the first meeting, right? And we say this in the first meeting, Benjamin Franklin's quote, quote, yeah. right? He, he, he literally says, right, that um, failing to plan is planning to fail. That's right. We've heard that before, right? Yes. So you, you give me a pastor with this plan. So this is uh this has been good. This is uh I, I think this is totally gonna help churches and I hope so. You know, pastors who are listening and leaders who are listening, they're gonna grab this. And if it's not a pastor, it's gonna be the leader downloading this and saying, Hey, pastor, check this out. We should be doing this. Right. That's and right. Hopefully That's right. start a, a revival in the church in their heart. That's right. Yeah. So this is awesome, man. Well, it's great. Do you have any other parting words as we close out? Oh, Gary, you got my you got my blood pressure up in a good way today. So, uh, um, no, I listen. We've said this from day one. Uh, clarity isn't everything, but clarity changes everything. Yeah. So it, it's it and and as as you continue your work in New England and throughout the United States and around the world to help bringing clarity to vitality, um, I believe more and more churches. We'll, we'll see that, uh, you know, that, that light bulb will go off and, and that, that plan will fall into place for God to bring them to a place of complete revitalization. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, it's been great. And I uh, just want to say thank you again for jumping on and having this conversation. It's, it's been awesome. It's great. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you having me again. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, download the resources. And coming soon in 2024 is the Vitality Vault. So be on the lookout for that. Really pumped about that. And it's going to be an incredible resource for free for you to jump in on and be part of a growing community of revitalizers. So thanks so much for listening to Vitalnomics. And we'll talk to you on the next go around. 